Let's Talk Outdoors is recorded on the homelands of many nations, including the Cree, Soto, Assiniboine, Dene, Dakota, Lakota, Nakota, and Métis nations on the Treaty 6 and Treaty 4 territories. We encourage you to always learn more about the stories of the land on which you live, work, and play. Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Leah. This is Let's Talk Outdoors. Today we are talking with Christine about the Depave Paradise project that took place at Walter Murray Collegiate in Saskatoon, where they transformed a rundown tennis court into a new garden space for outdoor learning and food education. Thanks for joining us today, Christine. We are connected with you through the Saskatchewan Environmental Society and the Depave project. Can you tell us a bit about the Depave Paradise project? Uh, well, Depave Paradise is a really interesting initiative that works on removing unused, unuseful pavement areas to try and increase or improve water flow and drainage within the city. So one of the things in Saskatchewan, one of the reasons we wanted to do something like this is because our rainwater just goes directly into the Saskatchewan River without being filtered. So one of the problems is by having that, we're having a bunch of uh, like salts, animal waste, anything like that is ending up directly into our water system. So we are trying to basically create a filtration system for that groundwater before it ends up back in the water or back in the river. So uh, we remove pavement, put in plant species, and basically it creates a filtration system. Very neat. You've been a teacher at Walter Murray now for, for five five years, you were saying, I think early. Yeah. Yeah, just over five years now. How did you get involved with this DPay project? Uh it was just a random email that came across uh, one day. I saw that uh, the Environmental Society was looking for a potential site at, for this proposed project. And I immediately thought to our old tennis court area. It's it's a space that hasn't been used for over 10 years and it's just pavement with weeds and it was it was an eyesore. It was a problem for water drainage. So I figured it was the perfect area to get moving with that. <laughs> I can picture the area like the kind of area that you're describing, you know, a rundown tennis court. I've yep. got a pretty good visual of that in my mind. Yeah, I've driven past it many a time. But you guys have um there's a you guys have raised beds in there too, hey, at like a different kind of section of the of the current tennis court or the old tennis court, I should say. Yeah, yeah. So we have uh 16 raised garden beds in one quarter of the section, and then half of it is canoe storage. But then the other quarter on the far end closest to our football fields was just completely unused. Hmm. That's where we ripped up the pavement and put in native plants and food. Can you walk us through kind of how the how the process went with your project? Sure. Um it was a it was a long project. <laughs> uh, we started working on it over I guess a year and a half ago now. 
Um, so we had to do things like test the ground soil to make sure there was no contamination or there were no um, like oil barrels or whatever <laughs> buried under the ground because we are growing food from a lot of these plants. So we couldn't have anything that was contaminated. Um, and then we had to get uh, digging permits. We contacted a number of construction organizations in the city because we a lot of this work had to be donated just cost-wise. So we had uh, different companies come in and volunteer their time to prep the area for excavation. Uh, so we had one group come in with an excavator and break up all the concrete beforehand so that we didn't have to do that by hand. We did end up removing all of the concrete by hand. So we had to lift each individual piece, put it in a giant bin, and then we got another machine to remove the underlay, thankfully. Mm. <laughs> and then again, by hand, we brought in compost and mulch and soil and mixed it all up to prep it for a new garden. And this was in partnership with the Saskatchewan Environmental Society? Is that right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Neat. That's great. I mean, it's nice to have people, like you said, or like helping organize and orchestrate all these different groups coming in. It's great that someone could come in and break up that stuff because that would be a lot of hammering of, of some kind. How were oh uh, you said that you guys were, were hand bombing things into a garbage? How, how were youth kind of utilized throughout the project, do you think? Um, well, I've had my classes, uh, my Math 9 class specifically involved in this project from kind of the start in planning what kind of space we want out there, how the students would benefit most from the area. But they were also volunteering in like the physical labor of removing the area. Um, my class helped with growing some of the plants from seeds. So the students were involved in planting the seeds and helping them grow and getting that going. And then they were also planting and bringing in the soil and all that stuff. So they've they've been really involved the whole time. What were some of the challenges along this journey? It's a um, time commitment for sure. Hey, like it's a it's a long process. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a big time commitment and it continues to be a time commitment because I I still have to maintain it over the summers and throughout the year and stuff like that. But it's definitely worth it. I think like any kind of project to a certain scale, you're going to run into challenges with organization or with um, rules and things like that. There's always going to be challenges, but we were able to overcome those and it turned out well. So, yeah, it, it was yeah. good in the end. Yeah, it was a phrase for that, isn't it? Like water under the bridge. Like, yeah, it, it happened, and and but we moved past it. And now, mm -hmm. thanks to your project, the water can actually flow. <laughs> yeah, it can flow out. under and the bridge great. cleaner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I we we have a, a community garden in my school as well that we started up, and so half of it's community garden, half of it is the school. And yeah, it off so often it just falls onto the teacher who. I think that's kind of something that people often use to stop projects like this um, from happening. It's like, well, it's all going to fall on a teacher. And when that teacher moves schools or like they leave, what's going to happen to that space? Like, is it just going to kind of, so yeah, I mean, I, I get, I get what you're saying. It's an ongoing commitment and yeah, hopefully this can become something that's sustainable, even without kind of the most important piece in you and the, and the students that have been helping you so far. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the things that actually really helped this summer was that I started working with a group at the University of Saskatchewan, and they 
hire students for work experience. And at the end of the time, the students get a bursary. So I was able to hire uh, three of my previous students who now attend the U of S to come and take care of the garden for a lot of the time over the summer. So that ended up Perfect. making it way more manageable for myself. And with how well that went oh, this year, we're hoping it'll be able to expand and continue in the future as well. That's great. Neat. How was the first growing season in your new green space? It was great. Oh my gosh, we got so many strawberries. I did not think <laughs> we would get so many in the plants. Most of them took off. Unfortunately, we had the huge rainstorm very shortly after we planted everything. So a lot of the smaller plants did end up getting killed by that. And there was a lot of repair work to do in the garden following it. So we did have a couple paths that got completely washed out and the mulch got buried. But other than that, everything <laughs> grew really, really well. And um, it looks way more established than I thought it would at by the end of the year. So I was really happy with it. So is it mostly perennials or did did you plant annuals too? This year, we only put in perennials. Next year, we're also going to be adding uh, the three sisters crops. So we're going to plant corn, squash, and beans in an area that's dedicated. We unfortunately didn't have the time <laughs> to do it this year, but we have a whole area dedicated to growing those. So we'll have that in there as well. You're obviously a pretty motivated person when it comes to this kind of work. Um, what kind of led you to a, a, a life of being more passionate about the environment? I think I've always been really interested and passionate about the environment. I've always had a very outdoor lifestyle and I've always had a great interest in sciences. So those two just naturally kind of flowed together. I got a lot of inspiration when I worked as a field research assistant at the U of S for a couple summers and we backpacked and lived in Northern Saskatchewan in tiny tents and we sampled plants and saw how the environment changes with human impact. And from that, I think my interest has just really grown. So every time I see something like this, I just want to be involved. And I bet the energy is contagious to the students as well. So, Yeah, they, they love it. I have to remind them that we are still in class at times yeah. because it's such a different setting and they're, it's something they're not used to. They don't have school or a school mentality outside of the four walls. So that's one thing I'm also trying to change with my classes is show them that learning doesn't just take place in a school, it's everywhere. So with the new garden space from the DePave area, we were actually able to calculate water runoff in our area compared to what it's like in a parking lot compared to what it's like in a gravel um, setting. And so that fit directly into our math curriculum. And it actually worked out because the day we did that, the day we went out there and sampled everything was the day we had that huge downpour and we saw the flooding <laughs> take mm. place very shortly after that. Um, or we've also calculated uh, carbon seque sequestration in different plants and how our area has increased that and we could see the future impact it's going to have. So mm -hmm. it's, it's really interesting applying a lot of the information to the real world. 
that's, that's the great. stuff that just drives home those lessons so much better. Hey, it's when you have that, I always find I get out there, whether we're doing whatever activity outside in the garden or whatever, I don't have as strong a background in science. So I find I'm missing all these really cool connections, <laughs> but I'm just out there like, yeah, you get dirt. And then, you know, I'm sure there's more. And that's why I like partnering with other people that are smarter than me. It's because they can explain all the things that I'm sure you can connect the curriculum with and, and student learning with. Well, the Saskatchewan Environmental Society has actually been a huge help with that. They have so many lessons and assignments already developed that connect all these different things. So we've had, I've had uh, them come out a couple of times and do different projects with my students. And it's just, it's been great because they have so much knowledge that's directly linked to Saskatoon and what we have here. I have general knowledge, but they've got such a specific knowledge and the things already developed. It's It's been wonderful. I love the connections to math. It's, you know, I work with a lot of teachers with outdoor and environmental education, and it's often like science, it's obvious connection and phys ed are like the two mm -hmm. subjects that seem to link in most easily. And uh, and I know I've done some work with Zoe and she's great at bringing in the the math concepts too, or the math connections. So I always like it when we can make those connections to language arts or arts or, or math and show that, that outdoor and environmental ed education can apply to all of those subject areas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we've actually, I've been trying to get more and more teachers out into that space as well. So I know the art teachers have been out there a couple of times to do like water painting and uh, ELA classes have been out there for different activities. So the school is getting more and more involved with it. So it's it's becoming more of a a larger school impact rather than just my couple of classes. That's great. Yeah, you have some experience with this sort of stuff. Now, what what kind of advice would you give to someone who's looking to undertake a similar project? I would say make sure you have a lot of support and you're willing to put in the effort. So I have had so many people around me helping out this whole time. Like Zoe has just been absolutely phenomenal. Without her, this would not have happened. Um, and That's Zoe Arnold. Zoe Arnold, yes. Yeah. Um, and different connections, like making that connection to the U of S with the uh, the work program and different things. It's just, it's, it needs to be a community project. It can't be done alone. And yeah, everybody involved just needs to be very motivated because it is hard. Um, and it's, it's an ongoing thing. It, this, this garden is going to take at least four years before it's matured and is established and requires less maintenance. Um, but after that, it's, it's still going to continue. So just make sure the people doing it, realize how worthwhile it actually is. How do you see this kind of a project perhaps growing within the city of Saskatoon or the province in the future? I think this would be a great project in the city and the province. Like this is the first one that took place in Saskatchewan. So we were the first, um, but it went so well that I think it could be, it could definitely be something that's used all around. And with more trials <laughs> of this, like we were the first, so there were a couple of hiccups along the way, but it be, it'll become an easier process, I think, as we go along. And by having more places where it's been done, there's more support for each group. So I think this would be a fantastic thing if more schools could get involved or organize or other organizations that just have this unused space. Because not only is it making the areas prettier, 
you're getting rid of a decrepit old space that's not used anymore, but it's also benefiting the environment and it's providing resources. If you go our route and plant foodstuffs, it's providing resources for people in need. So it's, it's great. We use a lot of our food in um, the commercial cooking classes, as well as for uh, some of our families in need. So by expanding the project with our garden beds already, we were able to support a lot more people and in the future, we'll be able to support even more. It's fantastic that you have kind of been a trailblazer with this along with other people and organizations <laughs> as well, but it's great to have for people to have a resource like you to, to be able to actually come and talk to about this sort of stuff. So um, thanks for joining us on this. It's been great. Uh, we always ask our, our guests a couple of questions. Um, and and you you are an outdoors person. You said you spent some time in northern Saskatchewan. Where is your favorite place to visit in Saskatchewan? I've been trying to think about this, and I could not name one specific place. There are so many that are just so unique. But I would say just northern Saskatchewan in general has a special place in my heart now. <laughs> um, just from my experiences up there. The wilderness is just so vast and beautiful and for the most part untouched in so many areas. If anybody's ever able to go up into the forest or see any of the hundreds of lakes up there, I highly recommend it. Uh, Another question we ask our guests is, if you could change one thing about the world, what would it be? I think if I could change one thing... I would hope people could be more compassionate. I think one of the biggest things that cause so many problems is people are too focused on themselves or profit or any kind of gain. If you can see outside of that and realize that supporting each other also benefits yourself, uh, we would have a much more uh, harmonious world. Mm -hmm. Nice answer. Absolutely. Um, Is there any kind of last message or word that you want to send off with? Uh, Get outside. (laughs) There's so much to see, so much to do. And connecting with the earth and just the environment provides such a great perspective that people can't get when they're just stuck indoors all the time. So it's, it helps mentally it helps physically it's it's such a great benefit so just get outside and now people can listen to this and they can ponder where to next depave as they (laughs) as they go outside so it's great thank you very much for joining us tonight christine thank you for having me mike what was one of your takeaways from this conversation well, I really like how Christine was talking about uh, reaching out and partnering with other organizations and not taking on all this work by herself, utilizing students. And uh, an organization, Saskatchewan Environmental Society, is an awesome resource in Saskatchewan, and I don't utilize them enough. I know that they have lots of great people there that are way more, yeah, connect, like Christine said, connected with Saskatoon, connected with other areas in Saskatchewan. They know a bunch of history about all this stuff and they can really help. So I've got to do a better job of reaching out to those professionals instead of like just kind of still doing the same lessons I've done for a little bit. I got to break my routine and get some other people involved in, in some of the things I'm doing outside, which would be, which would be great. How about you? I keep coming back to the visual I got in my mind when she was describing the dilapidated tennis court and thinking about having a 
keener eye for what looking for those spaces as I go about my day-to-day life and just being more aware of them and aware of how we could, you know, how this kind of a project could expand throughout or beyond just Walter Murray in Saskatoon. Mm-hmm. And just see green spaces out there instead of like these old rundown railway tracks or I don't know, I always think about that going through streets. That would be great. This podcast is produced in association with Sask Outdoors. Check us out online at saskoutdoors.org.